Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres with the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And, and I'm with us we have... Andrea Gazetta. Yay! I don't know why I do that every time. It's just, it it's has fun. to happen. <laughs> it was real fun when the crowd cheered along with us. Yeah. It was really cute. Oh man, the live show was great. If you guys haven't heard uh, our last bonus episode that we did, we had a clip of it. It's amazing. And it's one of uh, one of my favorite parts. Yeah, it was, it was super fun. I had forgotten how much we talked talked at length about hourly motels. <laughs> Speaking about talking about things at length, this one is a long boy. It's a long episode. We left it a little longer because people have been asking about it in the group for a long time. Mm-hmm. So we felt that you deserved the information. Yeah, it's really informative. It's really funny. It's a really long episode and it's a great deep dive into this cult. Um, but before we get into it, we wanted to read to you another five star review. Five stars. Yeah, we're doing this cool new thing where if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we will uh, read your review out loud. The funnier, the better. And if you send us anything, we'll make sure to read it in whatever character voice you write it in. Yeah, just let us know. Don't make up new characters. Yeah, don't make up new characters. So this one comes to us from Ghoulie Go Lightly, and it is called THE cult podcast thing and it's all capitals this this podcast has everything charismatic leaders taking advantage of their followers (laughs) stand-up comedians murder history riffs and an alligator lawyer named brad (laughs) and if you want to think to yourself i could be a better cult leader than this guy then check out Cult Podcast today. <laughs> That's an absolutely stellar review. That's so good. It started out and I thought it was going to be like Stefan where it's like, this club has everything. Biscuit knees, spud web. <laughs> uh, that's it, right? That's the first review. I'm a simple gator lawyer, and welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello. 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 For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. I don't think you're ready for this, Shenyun. I don't think you're ready for this, Shenyun. I don't think you're ready for this for a thousand years of Chinese tradition, baby. <laughs> I am Paige Wesley, and this is Cult Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> I'm Armando Torres, and this is Cult Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And with us, we have Andre Gazetta. Yay! Hey, this is Cult Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Uh, it's my week again because Armando has a pretty big multi-parter coming up yes, yes, in a yes. couple weeks. So I, I am taking the helm again to talk about something that has been hotly debated in the Facebook group. Mm. You know it. You love it. You can't escape billboards from it. <laughs> There's flyers for it everywhere. We're talking about the Falun Gong cult and Shen Yun. Oh. Embrace the majesty. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> you know what? You know what's kind of been uh, like a big realization for me is that my uh, my entire working life, I've worked pretty much strictly in retail. 
um, with a couple exceptions here and there with some cool jobs. But for the most part, I've worked in retail. And uh, every retail place I've ever worked in has had Shen Yun flyers in the windows. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't until this year that I realized that all of those flyers were promoting performances for different years yes every every year is different yes. yeah no i just they mean, change it every year i just mean in my head it's been one oh. long campaign <laughs> of just like how long is this show in los angeles no i am i feel you because it feels like the show never goes away yeah i feel like the billboards stay up all year until the new billboard goes up yeah. And you just all, in Los Angeles, you're constantly hearing about Shen Yun. Oh, yeah. And I didn't even, when, the first time I heard about it, I was in San Diego. Yeah. It's just a far-reaching. Well, we'll get into how they do that, actually. Okay. Because it is part of it. I do remember working at Sur La Table and having somebody come in with a stack of flyers. And I was the store manager at the time. And they were like, can I put these out? And I'm like, what are they? And she was like, it's beautiful, majestic, you should come. And I was just like. What is it? <laughs> and she was like, it's a beautiful dance. And I was like, for... And I was like, yeah, just set them anywhere. I don't care. It, it, it like Eventually, it got to a point where her answers were so vague and it was taking so much time. That's funny because uh, beautiful... <laughs> It's funny because beautiful, majestic dance is how I prefaced showing anyone Soldier Boy. <laughs> You! Oh my god, Shen Yu! <laughs> Shen Jun in this Chinese home. Oh. Tradition for fun. <laughs> Tradition in rib- this home. <laughs> when we do this ribbon dance, we Superman Shen Yun. Tell me Yun. <laughs> oh god. Oh my god. Now, here's the thing. So, we we had our research assistant help us out with this one, which is great. She has asked us not to use her name uh, because she doesn't want to get, quote-unquote, doxxed by either the Chinese government or the <laughs> Falun Gong cult. I don't think that's a risk. I don't think they're listening to us. We'll get into why in a little bit. Um, but so, she helped us out a ton. We have a ton of sources for this. But one of the things that we were wanting to do was to actually see Shen Yun. Yeah. I've been wanting to see Shen Yun since I saw the flyers when I was in college. I was like, oh my God, this looks beautiful and majestic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they look you like... You are much more forgiving than I am because the first time I saw the flyer, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> the first time I saw it, I, I, my first thought was like a... The first time I saw one of the billboards, I was like, what kind of advertisement for some live action Arizona iced tea movie is this? <laughs> Just lots of turquoise and flowers. It's uh, very Mulan-y. Yeah. I mean, well, the first time I saw it, most, and they've gotten better about this now, but I don't know if you remember, like, five, ten years ago, when they first started advertising, so they started doing Shen Yun in, like, 2006. In America, you mean? In It started in America. Oh. We'll get to it. I mean, okay. like, the cult started in China, but the actual, like... Shen Yun, as we know it today, started in New York in 2006. But huh. when we first started seeing advertisements, they were 90% in Chinese. Yeah. And and so people would be like, can we hang these up? I'm like, I don't know who you think's going to read them. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I guess, sure. But like, you're probably, this is, you're not casting a very wide net at this point. Especially with how stupid uh, Americans are. Yes. I'm just like, oh, damn, honey, look, this looks like a beautiful Chinese food restaurant. What are these hieroglyphs? Do they have Thai food? Like that, like that's how <laughs> dumb 
that, you know, they're not culturally aware. And here's the thing is that like lack of cultural awareness helps them out. Oh. So what we'll see later on is that like it's been wildly successful. They sell out. Like you cannot get tickets at this point. Like I tried during like when we were talking about in the Facebook group, I was looking for tickets. And in my mind, I was like, nobody wants to see this shit. Like, this is just weird. No, it's it's a weird novelty. We definitely should be able to get cheap ass tickets somewhere. Yeah. No, nothing below 80 bucks. And most of the shows were already sold out. Here's the kicker. I went online because I was like, there is no way someone has not videotaped this on an iPhone. It's somewhere. <laughs> I think you're truly underestimating the Chinese's grasp on censoring stuff on the internet. <laughs> so here's what's crazy. It is nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it is nowhere on the You can see the clips that they have curated to put up, which are a trip. And I'll talk about them as we kind of get further into it. So there's no video of any of their performances, with the exception of the trailers they release available online at all and all i kept thinking is like we can't keep a star wars movie secret (laughs) and these people are managing to keep this thing that no one cares about secret i think you truly uh just aren't doing enough research because regularly i will get links through my cousin Right. On like, because uh, <laughs> we found the entirety of the movie Venom on a porn website. Right. <laughs> because there's just no um, one regulating it. Get, get ready. I looked on porn websites. Oh, shit. What? Because I knew about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, did someone put Shen Yun on a porn website? They did not. Like, there's literally. Is there, is there a Shen Yun inspired porn? Though? No, there's not. Damn. Uh, not, not yet. Trust me, I would have found it if there was. <laughs> like. But no, it is it is nowhere, nowhere at all. <laughs> like, I tried so hard last night until like one or two in the morning just being like, just let me, if I could just piece together clips of stuff and then just have it not be the same clip of them ribbon dancing and tossing fans, like, then I would be happy. <laughs> so I had to settle for people's descriptions of what the show is. And it does change every year. And my first thought was like, how does this change every year? How is this possible? Because it's such a quote unquote large scale show. Yeah. Here's how. So it looks like they have those big giant sets. Yeah. It's a screen. It's a video screen. Like they And they're back projecting it. it. Yes. So the sets move. Because they're, they're, it's just a video and they're just dancing in front of the video. And what a lot of the comments like had, and I'll read some later, they basically are just like, they just change costumes and do the same dances for like two hours. (laughs) (laughs) And then they act out weird sketches about how communist China, China is evil for two hours. (laughs) It's just like this crazy extended long thing. Now what you can find online and I watched way too much of it. They have their own channel and multiple media channels that have different names to disguise it so that you're watching it and you're like, wow, this news report is extensive. It's not. It's just them with a fake news channel being like, see, people have reported on us. (sighs) Uh, But what they have is they have behind the scenes footage And, like, 
like biopics of all the dancers. Okay. So, and they have all the dancers like interviewed, but all the interviews are the same. It's like a six minute long video where it's like dancing brings me much happiness and I was definitely immoral before and I am not now. And now I am living with much more happiness. And you're like, who is keeping you there? Oh my God. (laughs) When did we discover androids? (laughs) I want to meet the one person who is more um, immoral before they started dancing. (laughs) Uh, Most. I think we've seen Footloose. So yeah, as we all know, dancing leads to Kevin Bacon wearing tight pants. So Uh, sins. sins. Everybody watch Shin Yoon. (laughs) Shin Yoon. Shin Yoon. Kick off your ribbon shoes. <laughs> Shen Yoon. Shen Yoon. Everybody Shen. Everybody Yoon. Uh, yeah, I got really upset when they started back projecting that abandoned factory. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of ribbons, he was just trashing the place. <laughs> That's so... I like that you I can like just... this mashup. <laughs> I want to see now it. Let's picturing get to the empty it. factory and the girl like angry ribbon dancing. <laughs> angry ribbon dancing. Oh, oh god. god. That's what we should be doing. We're getting the thing is is like uh I'm not complaining about. It. I'm not trying to be like a dick, but we got a, a, a list of cult podcasts came out and we weren't on it. <laughs> we should just start creating our own news channels. <laughs> just our own list where it's like top 10 cult podcasts. Podcast, cult podcast, cult podcast, last podcast on the left, cult podcast. <laughs> I I feel like for a bunch of people that don't like communism, they've taken a lot of lessons from communism. Oh, okay. <laughs> Buckle up. Because essentially this whole cult story today is the he said, she said of cults. Where they're both <laughs> like, you're evil and persecuting us. No, you are. And they have, it's, there's, a hot mess on both sides. There is a slightly hotter mess on the side of the Chinese government, for sure, and we will get into it. But it's a lot of just like, hey, I feel like this is a you guys problem, and I'm not sure why I had to pay $80 to see it. <laughs> hey, uh, this is really a Shen Yu problem and less of a Shen Me problem. I'm not sure why we're in this abandoned factory or what <laughs> issues that you need to work out. But... Oh, wow, guys, look, they got the real Kevin Bacon. Wow, he is not doing good. Um, There are a lot of older white people that are now involved in Falun Gong because of Shen Yun. Oh, because I don't God. know if you know, I mean, you, you know white people. Uh, White people love to think that they've got the inside track on Eastern culture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they love to think that they have discovered something that the East has known about forever and that they're the authority on it. Well, See, uh, yoga. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Note, yoga, green tea, <laughs> all but of the above. They, uh, so, so before we started... Re- well, and for the men out there, samurai swords. Oh, oh, hardcore. Do you know how many people I have dated that own samurai swords? It's multiple. And they're all white. <laughs> they, they were all white and very into CrossFit. You hear that, fellas? Having a samurai sword gets you laid. <laughs> it's hear that, cells? You can keep the swords. It's just the personality that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, there's never been a samurai sword that's less sexy than somebody's shitty personality. Anyway, um, <laughs> we, we watched the trailer for Shen Yun before we started recording this episode. And uh, one of the things that really stood out to me is it says, uh, 
5,000 years of tradition started in New York in like, when was it? We'll get get to it. Uh, And why they claim 5,000 years of tradition, because they're actually referring to a specific dynasty that I had to watch a History Channel documentary on. Oh, great. Uh... But yeah, so let's get into our it's list. It's called of Ghost Sword. Hunters. Go to China. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? No, I swear, dude, a ribbon just touched me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it on tape? <laughs> just a flyer floats down. We're like, what does it say? It sent us a message. It says In- Shen Yun 2015? But that's impossible. <laughs> that Shen Yun show has been over for four years. <laughs> for 5,000 years. We should have never come to this abandoned factory, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Old <That> man <laughs> China. <laughs> it was you the whole time. Man China sounds like a disease. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, this is going to be a fun episode until we get to some of the really gory parts. Uh, It usually is. Oh, no. So. Yeah, they were were split to ribbons. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. In 30 minutes when you get to that part, I'm so sorry. Oh, God. (sighs) All right. Um, So, again, thanks to our research assistant who compiled a lot of this. Uh, sources are uh, the History Channel, an abbreviated history of the Tang Dynasty, Dance Magazine. <laughs> Tastes like water. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty orange dynasty. <laughs> it's the one dynasty that went into space. Oh. <laughs> so Dance Magazine, hidden political messages in Chinese dance theater like Shen Yun, as well as, get ready, energyarts.com. The New York Times, in Beijing, a roar of silent protesters, Amnesty International's article, China, the crackdown on Falun Gong and other so-called heretical organizations, the Congressional Executive Commission on China, the 2008 annual report, Jay Nordinger's article, Face the Slaughter, Mass Killings, Organ Harvesting, and China's Secret Solution to Its Dissident Problem, What? OrganHarvestingInvestigation.net, Ethan Gutman's... (laughs) Ethan Gutman's article, How Many Harvested, Falundafa.org, Consulate General of the People's Republic of China in Chicago's article, Conflicts Between the Falun Gong Teachings and the Western Moral and Ethic Principles, South China Morning Post, The Strain World of Li Hongzhi, ChinaEmbassy.org, Falun Gong, An Evil Cult, uh, Quora articles by Jason Forsyth on Falun Gong and antisocial effects and anti-homosexual and anti-racial teachings, Time Magazine's interview with Li Hongji, the Houston Chronicle, you've seen the ads, but what's the deal with Shen Yun? <laughs> the Guardian. That's my favorite Jerry Seinfeld joke. <laughs> what's the deal say. with Shen Yun? Uh, the Guardian, uh, their article, Traditional Chinese Dance Troupe, China Doesn't Want You to See. The Ledger of the Florida Ledger, uh, Letter, Propaganda Posing as Entertainment, The Epic Times, and Shen Yun Performing Arts.org. I want to know what kind of ads will pop up if I go to organharvesting.net. <laughs> um, so she, our, our, our research assistant, left. Uh, she sent the packet of notes, but then also annotations of the notes. Mm-hmm. And one of them was just 
I didn't add any more on organ harvesting because the website got too gross. <laughs> Where she was like, if you want to oh, check no. it out, fine, but I'm done. <laughs> Which is why we lose research assistants. Falun, That's fair. Falun Gong, more like Falun Organ. Hey, okay. okay. You don't know Jesus. how right you are. Cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> That's Thank what you. organ <laughs> harvesting <laughs> is all about. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. It's true. All right, so let's start with what is Falun Gong and where did it come from? What is Falun Gong? And where, also, where did it come from? What's the deal with <laughs> So in the early 90s, China had something called a Qigong boom. So Qigong is a type of essentially wellness practice. Like Tai Chi is pretty similar, where it's slow movements and methodical movements and like promote health it it basically involves posture breathing and meditation um it's i mean it's yoga adjacent i would say it's, it's fairly la- it's similar. lazy yoga sloga um sloga. I, it's, it's probably a little harder because they're holding positions for a long time and very 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 slowly moving there is a group that does this in the or park. something similar at yeah the park yeah. Mm-hmm. at the I library in Pasadena. That's just Tai Chi, isn't it? It could be, or it could be Falun Gong. There's no way to know. Oh no! Locally, uh, given the current socioeconomic makeup of Pasadena, mm-hmm. it's probably Falun Gong. Oh yeah, no! There's a lot of Chinese yeah. immigrants here mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, in this yeah. area, Tem- uh, Temple City, Arcadia, yep. Pasadena. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I knew that. I didn't know that they were. Wow, that's crazy. So, but here's the thing. As white devils, as Glylos, <laughs> we do not know. It's very hard for us to tell at a glance, which is which. Because we could very easily be like, Tai Chi, and then just be wrong. So, yeah. like, unless you walked up to them and they were just like, here are some flyers. Like, there's no oh, way no. you would know. Uh, I just don't walk up to anyone in a park ever. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, sure. it would be very scary for Who them. Who goes to Oh, parks? yeah, for them, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, Falun Gong was founded during this boom. Uh, They also occasionally refer to themselves as Buddhist law. Initially, Chinese officials were supportive of the spiritual practice, but after realizing how many people were joining Falun Gong, they started to get concerned because the number of adherents was growing rapidly and the leader had started to take it in a more spiritual direction as opposed to health and wellness okay when when is this this is the 90s in uh this is in china this is in china okay yeah um the chinese government has written many reports the chinese government hates them and routinely like puts out messages and propaganda about how evil they are and it's one of those things where you have to kind of like look at that and then look at what falun gong says of like no 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 they're evil they killed a bunch of us And the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So the challenge for our research assistant was basically trying to find as many unbiased sources as possible or presenting both sources because we really have no way of knowing what the actual truth is. Which is difficult seeing as how they're themselves putting out their own news sources. Yes, 100%. It's right around this time in the late 90s that the Chinese government starts to get very concerned about any religious movement. Yeah, this is something that we looked at in the uh, True Russian Orthodox Church, where it's communism just really doesn't get along with uh, religions that kind of 
you know, or religious type movements at all. I think in general, and this is speculation zone, um, I think it's because religion is a way to foster individuality. Mm. And it separates you from the hive exactly. of time. Who that's Well, it's a, it actually offers an alternative hive. Yes. Because if you look at if you look at Europe, like when Catholicism was starting to be a yes. big thing, there were always these huge battles between the Pope as the authority versus the king as the authority. Yes. And the Pope would often undermine King's authority. And yeah. so religion does that to governments. Yes. Yeah. We also, I mean, we, in the case of communism in the uh, Soviet Union, we covered that it was just like the religious leaders were treated so well right. that people who rose up and took power were like, no, nah, I fucking remember that shit. So, but this seems, the stuff in China seems more like what you're talking about. More yeah, this is that. definitely, no one's being treated well. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so the Chinese government at the time described them as an amorphous and hard to control body that is deeply confident and far reaching. That sounds like a dancer. <laughs> yeah. Amorphous, They're so flexible. hard to control. Far reaching. So the leader, Li Hongji, claimed that they had over 100 million followers, and the Chinese government estimated that they were around 70 million. Now, let's dive into these numbers a little bit, because those are huge numbers. That would put them in the range of the largest cult we've ever covered. Yeah. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Those numbers of people are so large that you could actually dive into them and be okay. Yeah, literally. So to put this into a little more perspective, the total population of China at the time was 1.2 billion, which means that this is 8% of the total population of China. So imagine if one out of every 12 people believed this. Now, if we take this as kind of a percentage and like apply it to the United States... Um, Just to give us kind of a a local perspective for us, um, current census data, not super current, but like the last census because we're due for a new one, um, and polls from 2019 and 2017 estimate that Islam accounts for about 1%, 1 1.1% of religions practicing in in the U.S. today. Now, we arguably live in a super concentrated place, and that's not going to be evenly distributed, but... Think about this. That's three to four million people. Now, if we're looking at 100 million, we have to look at something a little bit larger. Like what's a larger percentage of the religious makeup of the United States? Atheism is about 20%, 22%, give or take. Hmm. And again, this is all self-identified. So this is when they like ask people like, what do you identify as? And this is people being like, yeah, I guess I'm kind of Christian. Or people being like, I don't care. Or people naming something else. So generalized Christianity roughly accounts for 75% of the entire country, which is a surprising number to me as well. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm saying is, if in America, if Falun Gong was as prevalent in America as it was in China at the time, that means out of every 10 or so people, seven of them would probably be some variation of Christian. Two to three wouldn't care. And one, probably one of those two to three, would either be Islam or Falun Gong, and nothing else would even percentage-wise chart in that 10. Wow. Yeah. 
Hmm. Yeah. So to put it into perspective, if there was like 200 people at a park, then 20 of them would be doing this weird stretchy yes. shit. If there was, yeah, if there was a, a statistically, if we're having a picnic with 20, with 200 people, 20 of them are doing weird movements on the lawn, <laughs> but also spouting doomsday prophecies, while like roughly 80 people are just kind of standing there being like, no, all of this is meaningless. Um <laughs> Is essentially what I'm saying. There, that's, what, that's what I would be. Yeah. Now, yeah. here's the thing. And it, this was very interesting to read in our notes. Uh, this estimated amount is absurdly large, especially when you compare it to something like Islam, which I would argue is provably that large. So to look at it and see that it's the same and people had hardly ever heard of it until now, that's a little strange. Um so it's possible that both people are lying. Oh. Here's why. So if you... Yoon. Yoon. Uh, if, Shen, if Falun Gong wanted to seem more powerful than they were mm-hmm. and to seem that they were like a much wider reaching movement to demonstrate that they have more victims of the Chinese government they would want to inflate their numbers. This is a common cult tactic. You can almost never get accurate readings on cult numbers because they always want to inflate them. The difference is, typically the government around that cult at the time isn't also inflating numbers because they're just kind of tracking them. But in this case, because the Chinese government wants them out, they inflated the numbers also to basically be like, they're a bigger threat we need to take them more seriously. Oh. Yes. So it's possible that it's nowhere near any of these numbers and we could never know because it's very possible that both people are lying. We actually have about 60 people. Yeah, um, it's more than that, for sure. They we, definitely have a, a wider reach than expected. Okay, so. fine. 65. We meet at Todd's house. He's got the then biggest Then we walk backyard. to the park. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically like the inaugural address of President Trump. Very similar. Okay. Where, you know, and here's the thing. Again, that's a case where both sides could be lying to a degree where... Obviously, if you're a liberal, you want it to look as small as possible. Right. Yeah. And if you're Trump, you want it to look as big as possible. And the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, in April of 1999, as these tensions mounted between the government and religious organizations, and not just Falun Gong, but also other forms of Buddhism, other Qigong cults, it was a far wide-reaching thing that wasn't centralized to just Falun Gong, as they'd have you believe. This was in like a Qigong boom, so there's like mm-hmm. other things that are in Tons the Tons of other things. And they're kind of, the government at this point is kind of cracking down on all of it. Okay. But the difference is, in April of 1999, Falun Gong staged a massive protest of 10,000 members. Wow. Yeah, 10,000 members. Now, the protest took place because a local magazine ran an article basically designed by the government saying that they were evil, etc. Um, so they protested at the magazine and the police had to use force to drive them away. So the group decided that they would demand the central government clarify its stand on groups like them. So they staged another protest, essentially, and they showed up at the door of China's leadership offices. <laughs> God damn, that's some balls. Now, here's the thing, too. 10,000 people is a lot of people. 
And what everyone kind of reports about this protest is that no one knew it was going to happen before it happened. Hmm. It was a flash mob of protest. Yeah, we were all just hanging out at Todd's house and we were like, hey, you know, what if we just went there right now? (laughs) And just walked over. Essentially, everyone looked like they were just kind of like normal townspeople. And then all of a sudden, they were protesting. Huh. It, It was literally a flash mob protest. That's crazy. They addressed, like, ordinary people from different parts of China, which, in theory, they were. I mean, they managed to get people from as many different parts of China to come for this protest as possible. So we know, at minimum, that there are 10,000 of them. But there are likely much more. Hmm. So. um, Now, at this point, even though there was persecution in China, thousands, and there's no clarifying note on this. This is from Amnesty International. So it could be 2,000, it could be 500,000, we don't really have a way to know. Uh, But thousands of people started attending Falun Gong gatherings or protests against the uh, government, and the government started sending them to labor camps. We know it's in the thousands, we don't know how many thousand. Falun Gong would tell you that it's, you know, 60,000, 30,000, you know, huge numbers, the government of China would tell you it's like, oh no, it's like five hundred people. <laughs> I think uh, I think we should stop calling them labor camps because camp sounds fun. Yeah, camp uh, sounds like a good. I think we should call them labor prisons. Well, what they're calling them is work camps or re-education camps. Why? So what was the crime or the supposed crime that the government used to kind of like? <laughs> so is it just inciting the, yeah. the peace or like what? That's part of it. The bigger thing that they would put out into the media is that they were a doomsday cult, which they become, but they weren't at this time. Uh, And they were saying that people were killing their loved ones in service of the cult or that people were committing suicide in service of the cult. But we don't necessarily have a ton of proof to back that up. We know they were saying it, but we don't have the stories that correspond to it. Yeah. Hmm. So, and it is the Chinese government, so... Yeah, we're not... uh, (laughs) This is one of those things where I always feel bad whenever we make fun of, like, the government of another country. But this isn't, like... This isn't a race thing at all as much as it's just, like, the Chinese government can be kind of shitty. To oh, their they, citizens they are historically. Notoriously covert. Yeah. They often promote lies as news to suit their needs. And it's there are hundreds of thousands of, you know, provable episodes of this happening. So yeah. we know that everything that we hear from them we have to take with a grain of salt, essentially. Mm-hmm. But also everything we hear from with a grain of rice. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was just Wong. <laughs> no! <laughs> Everything we hear from Falun Gong, we also have to take with a grain of rice. <laughs> so, it's it's you're kind of stuck in the middle. Uh, now, that same year, in 1999, the Chinese government created an organization called the 610 Office, uh, and that was specifically to repress Falun Gong. And it worked through 2008 to ensure that Falun Gong Gong activities wouldn't interfere with the 2008 Beijing Olympics. Don't so, you want? Go for it. Don't you want dancing at your Olympics though? Like sweet, sweet <laughs> dancing. Well, they were worried that they would come forward about the camps and the persecution during the Olympics. Um, 
in Beijing and Shanghai currently, rewards are still provided for anyone who provides information on Falun Gong to the government. Huh. Yeah. Wow. So at, at this time, uh, do we know if China is promoting like uh, like the Soviet Russia did a... Uh, they they want it to be a uh, an atheist state or is there like a an, an approved religion it's more just i think they want it to be religiously neutral i think they would prefer atheism to okay. be honest with yeah, you yeah cuz i mean that's what yeah. we talked about with the true russian orthodox church mm-hmm. where they were like no there's just no god just uh, we're not going to teach yeah there it. is only work and you know the people <laughs> should seize the production of millet like that's yeah. you know it's not yeah and and now granted in more recent years, China has become more progressive as they open up more trade negotiations with the rest of the world. But I do think that the preferred method is either atheism or at the very least agnosticism. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Chinese authorities, and this is from the uh, National Security Commission report in 2008, uh, Chinese authorities were using re-education through labor camps outside the regular judicial system. So they weren't giving anyone due process. They would just take them to the camps. Um, so citizens could be detained for up to four years. In 2005, more than 500,000 individuals were serving sen- sentences in the camps. And the camps were basically used to punish troublemakers. Uh, they would put away activists, petitioners, and by petitioners, we literally mean people who would ask people to sign petitions, which, like, I don't know if you've been to a grocery store recently, but, like, good. <laughs> the thing is, is, like, those aren't troublemakers. A troublemaker no. is Todd, who yeah. puts a whoopee cushion under your butt before you sit down. You've got a clipboard? Off to the camps. Um, <laughs> what yeah. are you in for? <laughs> Saving the walruses. <laughs> One of the funniest things that has ever happened to me is I had a man, like, on a college campus when I went uh-huh. to, I was like, anyway, it doesn't matter why I was there, but he was like, he's like, oh, do you want to sign my petition, global warming, save the world? And I was like, no, nah, dude, I'm good. And then he started aggressively hitting on me, oh. but he had a hickey on his neck. Oh, no. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Hey, baby, the world's really heating up, but you know what else is heating up? This conversation. What are you doing later? Oh, jeez. <laughs> there used to be people with clipboards on Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena that would petition people, especially on the weekends. And when I would leave work to go grab lunch and come back to work, I would have to walk past them on the sidewalk and one of them was just like, do you want to sign? And I was like, sorry, dude, I'm just on break. I'm going to go grab a lunch. And he was like, fine, fat bitch. Whoa. So Whoa. I called the organization that they worked for. Yeah, yeah. what? That escalated and, quickly. Yeah, and they were like, oh, we just hire those people off the street. We don't know who they are. And I was just like, great, cool. Remind me to never donate to you. Yeah. God. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I, uh, it was crazy. As a child, as a child, as a teenager, me and my friends would go down to Venice Beach and do stupid things. And one of the bits that we did, because we thought it was funny, like we would do things like hold up a sign that said like free compliments. <laughs> but one of the things that we did is we, we, we had a clipboard and we went down there and we, uh, we had a petition. And when people asked what it was for, we said, oh, it's a petition to stop petitions. <laughs> And that was the height of my comedy career. It is is one of my favorite bits on Impractical Jokers is when they do fake petitions. Oh, yeah? When they're like, yeah, sign the petition to desegregate schools. Because, like, we can't have schools segregated. Kids need to be integrated. And, like, 
people are like, you're right, they should. And then at the end, they're just like, by the way, we did this 40 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations, your signature is meaningless. Um, Congratulations, you played yourself. You played. Uh, So they believe that there's a significant percentage, some say as many as half of the people in these camps are Falun Gong practitioners. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, these camps are largely used to silence dissent. Uh, torture is illegal in China, allegedly. Um, and <laughs> Question well, mark? We'll get to it. Uh, leaders have made efforts to curb the use of torture by law enforcement. However, there are reports of widespread torture and abuse, especially in the camps. In 2008... Falun Gong um, adherents basically claimed that abuse was widespread and directed at them specifically. They claimed that uh, electric batons were the most common, which are basically kind of like cattle prods. Yikes! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a horrible thing to laugh at, but I thought they meant like batons, like, <laughs> like the, the flag squad. <laughs> like, wait till they light the end on fire. They just keep playing John Philip Sousa. Um, <laughs> like Cheryl from Miss Congeniality, but they're cattle prods. <laughs> so according to them, and we're going to feel real bad for laughing in like two seconds. Oh, that's um, the fucking story of my life, dude. Warning you ahead of time. Uh, according to them, communist authorities violate people with the electric batons. <gasps> they hang pregnant women from ceilings and beat them while forcing their husbands to watch. Oh, my God. One report even had them throwing a naked woman into a cell of hardened criminals to be gang raped (gasps) after bouts of torture one woman pleaded with authorities to quote just be human in 2008 at least nine falun gong adherents died in police custody the u.s government estimates that between july of 1999 and december of 2008 that china detained thousands possibly hundreds of thousands of falun gong practitioners with at least 8037 being detained between december of 2007 and june of 2008 Falun Gong sources in the United States have documented over 3,000 deaths from 1999 to 2008 and over 63,000 cases of torture. Now, again, these are reports coming from Falun Gong, so you do have to weigh them accordingly. But if even a fraction of it is true, it is horrifying. I'd say if even one of those things is true, it's pretty fucking bad. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's bad. That's terrifying. Here's the thing. It's like grain of salt aside, bad shit happened. And these people have been subject to a lot of abuse. It's not going to absolve the things they do later, but it's some bad shit. Yeah. Yeah. So... The creepiest allegation to come out of these reports is that Falun Gong practitioners are vi- victims of live organ harvesting. Oh! Allegedly, and allegedly. Now, this was the point where our research assistant said that she had to find, she found it in one source and was just like, that seems crazy. But then she found it in multiple sources. God. And was able to kind of corroborate portions of it we don't know how widespread it is if it's an isolated case or if it's a big deal but here's what we were able to find in some of the sources we listed previously uh allegedly the organs are harvested while people are still alive no and they're killed in the course of harvesting the organ if do they they sedate them at least 
They I, have to. We don't know. I you feel have like to. they don't. Well, no, here's, here's the, the thing, thing though. If is, you don't, they'll die of shock. Yeah, you have to put someone under. Well, I mean, they do die, but it, when you're harvesting someone's organs, you want to keep those organs fresh as long as possible. Right. So it, that's why they, you know, you have to know if someone's an organ donor pretty much as soon as they're pronounced dead. You right. got to put them on ice and like get those suckers yeah. out of there and ship them to wherever. But if you line up, if you match them and then you line up people for mm-hmm. all of the organs, then you just put them under and take all the, first you take out the kidneys, they're less necessary. Then you take out the lungs yeah. last, like stuff like that. I want to be clear here. Uh, Andrea's mother is a nurse. Yes. She's not, oh, yeah. <laughs> she's not like My mom the works top, in a surgery center. I'm not a murderer. She, Andrea's <laughs> not like the top contributor to organharvesting.net or anything. Well, here's the thing. I'm so sorry. Not all of this organ harvesting is for medical benefit. Some of it allegedly is for torture. Yeah. Oh my god! So they may not be putting them up that's, there. That's oh my god! Which in which would mean you likely die of shock. In, yeah. In but what? if they survive, they are killed immediately after. That's that's what I meant by like these are people that are sticking fucking cattle prods inside of people. I don't think that they're. I mean, it's more pro. Here's the thing: if you have, if you're a government official and you make a government salary wage and you're just harvesting people's organs for fun and you're not making a profit, you're an idiot. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think it's that. Well, we'll get into some of the the Again, I'm not. I don't think anyone's doing it for fun. I don't. Well, think this it's... is the thing: is like torture. There's. You're not torturing people because you're a good, I mean, person. Like, if you're torturing someone, you have to take some type of pleasure or get something yeah. out of it. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing about it is culturally in China, uh, there's an aversion to organ donation. They don't really do it readily. Um, additionally, there's no active organ donation system in China. Like, for example, as you mentioned, in the United States, we use the United Network for Organ Sharing and Organ Donors. Uh, it's a private nonprofit that has guidelines for live tissue donation and donation after death. There are regulations in place. These regulations don't exist in China. So despite having no system for organ donation, and culturally it's not considered normal or beneficial to donate your organs... Organ transplants still take place. Hospital websites advertise short waiting times for organ transplants, one week to one month. So if something goes wrong with a donated organ, they promise that you'll get another organ as quickly as a week later. What? Compare that to the maximum, like compare that one month wait time for a kidney in China to the median wait time in Canada, which is 32.5 months in America it could be even more because people wait years for kidneys yeah especially because you're a you're not required to allow your organs to be donated even if you're dead yeah and you don't need them right i mean like i'm an organ donor because i don't give a shit it's i'm when i'm dead i'm not using this body so take it but like that there are some cultural feelings about dead bodies that prevent that kind of from happening yeah but they still manage to immediately get organs which means they're getting them somewhere yeah, yeah what kind of fucking five-star customer service do they have over there where well, it's just like here's the other thing because there's no organ donor 
registry. Like in, in America, you can't just easily readily sell an organ. You have to go through the registry to donate. Really? Yes. Oh, shit. I got to take some kidneys off of eBay. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's unethical. A yeah. lot of times, even if you have contact with the person who's going to receive your organ, if they persuade you or there's proof that they're, like, offering you anything for it, you won't get that organ. Can yeah. I contact them just by myself? You know what I mean? No. Like, I, could I be sexy? Like, if I was going to give my uh, kidney to somebody, could I, like, text them and be like... <laughs> You gonna take this kidney? <laughs> yeah. Send them. This kidney. is the weirdest sexting. Send, I've ever send them kidney pics just to have a colonoscopy <laughs> or something. Oh, jeez. This is gonna be inside well, you, baby. Isn't, isn't there less? I mean, genetically speaking, too. Like America and Canada, we have such a wide variety. We are more diverse, We're, so there are less matches. You're yeah, correct. so it's yeah. more difficult to find matches. Whereas in China, like it's pretty homogenous in terms of. A, a few things you know obviously there's variety it's a huge country but like in different regions there's a lot of like homogeneity so that it's a little bit easier maybe to find matches well also you can buy organs in Ruh-roh. China just whenever um the cost of a kidney in 2006 was $62,000 damn oh um there are actually organ harvesting websites we listed one of them in the um notes in the sources don't look that up uh, <laughs> not if you want to sleep anytime soon um oh god cool, so cool, scary cool, cool, cool. yeah so uh one of the sources we listed was ethan gutman he's an investigative writer human rights defender and it's an his author. name is ethan gutman <laughs> it is oh g-u-t-m-a-n-n oh what an unfortunate name yeah i am the Gutman. he estimates and again this was one that we couldn't easily confirm because he's one of the only people that's done like a deep dive on it yeah but he estimates that from 2000 to 2008 roughly 65,000 Falun Gong practitioners had their organs harvested now that doesn't mean that all of them died it's possible that you know they gave a kidney or something and now they're living still yeah. but it's unlikely done by the Chinese government I mean not officially but allegedly yes okay yeah so now, it, like now, when people are like, "Hey, by the way, it's a propaganda play against the Chinese government," you got some context for why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. harder to dance when you only have one kidney. I mean, uh, the un- gutman says you gotta cut it out. <laughs> cut it out, and by that I mean your liver. <laughs> oh no! I am the gutman. <laughs> oh, I am the gutman. Oh, I gotta I'm lose the gut weight. Lady. <laughs> So, to perk things up a little bit, uh, let's go through the leader of Falun Gong, Li Hongji, and talk about where he came from and all this, because he moved to America in 1996, so he missed all the persecution. Wow, oh. Pretty much entirely. Did he, was he still in control of the, uh, the cult's actions in China? Yep, he never had to go to a work camp, nothing. Huh. He's still in charge. Uh, by the way, he also just looks like if you looked up a stock photo for Chinese businessman, it's this dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have photos if you want, but it was one of those things where I saw a picture of him and I was like, "No, what's he really look like? What is the stock photo doing here?" Yeah, it was. It was yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to draw a cartoon of a Chinese businessman, 
It's he looks like that. Okay. First of all, incredibly racist. How dare you do that? I'm just pull up a picture. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the person we told to draw it. Oh yeah. Shame on you for drawing. Don't that. do that. Uh, there is sacred as Muhammad. <laughs> uh, so. An unofficial biography for Li Hongji appeared in one of his initial publications. Um, and then a second spiritual biography appeared <sighs> in some of their early texts, which is pretty common. We saw this with like Satya Sai Baba yeah. and Osho and any number of anytime you have a guru figure, a hagiography is pretty common. Well, I'm just mad. What's a hagiography? Spiritual biography. Why is it called that? I don't know. Weird. I'm just mad that his uh, autobiography isn't in the form of interpretive dance. Oh, my God. That'd be so great. Well, the interpretive dance comes later because this is now like he was born in uh, the 1950s. There are some debates about when he was born. Um, The biographies that he published say that he was born on May 13th, 1951. Uh, The government claims... That he was born uh, about a year later, which is very strange. It's just splitting hairs at that point. It's splitting hairs. We'll get to why in just a second. So he grew up in a small town. Um, He, in his words, studied with multiple masters to master Qigong. Um, And I could go through all of them, but why? Um, It doesn't really have much bearing on anything that comes later. In 1982, he moved to the city of Chengchun uh, for civilian de- civilian employment, the implication being uh, that his previous work was with the military. So he cl- he doesn't outright claim that he fought, fought with the military. He kind of just implies it. Like, it would be like somebody saying, like, yeah, it's tough to get work after coming back from overseas. And your initial thought would be, like, why were you overseas? Were you-? It's, he kind of... It's vague like that. Um, in 19- The gut man went to Cabo. <laughs> and now I'm back and ready to work. You sound like Duff Man. <laughs> gut was, man. Weirdly enough, I was going for uh, like Ted Wasana song from <laughs> <laughs> I am the gut man. So, <laughs> in 1984, uh, he began kind of distilling the teachings that he quote-unquote received into what would become Falun Dafa or Falun Gong. Um, The practice is different than what he claims was transmitted to him by his masters because, quote, those systems were not suitable to be popularized on a large scale. Uh, Exactly. hmm. I have no idea what that means. No one does. We're going to read some quotes from him in a bit. Uh, None of them make any sense. He also at this time began observing the teaching methods of other Qigong masters. Uh-huh. Kind of the way Charles Manson did, where you just kind of like watch everybody and then cobble it together into your own thing. Just take whatever they're doing that works and then yeah. leading with that. So by 1989, he had finalized his version of it. Um, for the next three years until 1992, um, he basically tested his system with a group of small students or small group of students, not a group of small students. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want the tiniest you can find. (laughs) Where them little bits at. Um, Little bits. Club 96. 
<laughs> I'll get them for you. I am the gut man. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> it's my favorite character I've ever done. No, it's not. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. So any Falun Gong books published after 1999 no longer contain his biography. Huh. At all. And in part, I think it's because he, A, has started to retreat from public eye. Um, He rarely appears in public since 2000. Um, Most of his presence is electronic or uh, rerouted through quotations on the website. Um, But his biography was also removed from the websites kind of right after 2001. We think part of this, and again, speculation zone, is because the Chinese government started kind of a smear campaign against what he was saying in his biography. Now, if we know anything from our podcast, it's that cult leaders constantly lie in their biographies. Constantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More like lieographies, am I right? Yeah. And I would say this is no exception. The only difference here is that I think the Chinese government also lied and that basically they were like it's not that lie it's this lie this is right so they claim that his birth date is a full year later than he said whatever okay um but they also claim to have produced the midwife that gave birth to him and she's like i definitely remember him exactly and i'm like you're a midwife you deliver so many babies why would you remember that one like I don't remember everyone I sold a mug to at Sur, at Sur Le Tab. Like, your work like is yeah. kind of ridiculous. Um, you're not even the most important wife, either. Yeah. You're the midwife. You're the midwife. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One of many reasons why people think that their account is also a lie is because of, A, like I just mentioned, like, how would she remember? This is now 50 years later. Yeah. Um, but also... She claims that she used part of the reason she remembers is because she used oxytocin to assist in the birth that she induced. But oxytocin wasn't synthesized until the following year. Oh. oh. So you're saying she's a medical genius. Yeah, or a liar. Oh, well, which one you of those know is how more you likely? Lie to people? <laughs> <laughs> liar. <laughs> more like liography, am I right? Am I, <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> So they further go on to claim that he basically got the equiv- the Chinese equivalent of a GED and was bad in school and that Qigong was his only option. Okay. So, I mean, it's just, man, I'm they really... They really emphasize that they're like, he has no higher learning. How dare you listen to him? I'm truly not trying to, like, make this comparison because they're both Asian. It's just literally what happened. Some at a, Yeah. Of just, he, like... He told everyone that he went to all these fancy schools, but essentially he just went to like a continuation high school and like barely graduated. And it's just like a thing that I think it's uh, a culture that values education so highly and yeah. he it's, they I mean, just it's, lie. It's clearly one of those things that they thought would impact people's view of him and yeah. they emphasize it very much in their version. Um, the other thing regarding the birth date and why there's two differences. So they claim, and this is according, according to them, this comes from some disenchanted followers. Yeah. They say that he changed his birth date to align with the birth date of a prophet uh, named Sakya Munis, um, basically to argue for like reincarnation. But he's basically said like, no, 
I'm not one of those. His quote was actually, I'm not Jesus, I'm not Sakyamuni, but the Fa has created millions and millions of Jesuses and Sakyamunis who have the courage to walk the path of truth and who have the courage to risk their lives for the sake of the truth and who have the courage to devote their lives to saving sentient beings. Um, he said that in 2002. So, f- for reference, the Fa is what the this sort of like Chinese spirituality believes is like the life force or like the... Um, like I think he was referring to himself as Fa, like as in Falun Gong. Oh, okay. Um, so another thing that kind of supports his version is that bureaucratic errors like this were super common at the time because China was undergoing a cultural revolution. So many people have wrong birth certificates at the time. It's super easy for records to be off if you were born kind of within those 10 to 15 years yeah uh a lot of people have uh wong birth certificates too dude because <laughs> there's a lot of people named wong there and it's on their birth certificate so at this point in 1996 obviously he fled to the united states where he continued to practice so let's get into what exactly he started emphasizing that his followers should believe. So according to their own website, Falun Dafa, also called Falun Gong, is the advanced practice of Buddha's school of self-cultivation. Self-cultivation. Founded (laughs) by Mr. Li Hongji, the practice's master. It's a discipline in which, quote, assimilation to the highest qualities of the universe, Zen, and I know I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, so my apologies, Uh, Zen, Shan, and Ren, which stand for truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance, are the foundation of the practice, and the practice is guided by these supreme qualities and based on the very laws which underline the development of the cosmos. Do we have, like, a translation for that? No. Okay. Um, I mean, kind of. We'll we'll get into it a little bit further. Um, So... Unlike a lot of other Qigong practices at the time, Lee claimed that his purpose was not just physical health, but purification of the heart and attainment of spiritual salvation. This is when, when he kind of came out with this, is why the Chinese government started to get worried. And they're like, whoa, that sounds more like God than just exercise. (laughs) So... Wait, did you guys as PE teachers not tell you to worship their every move? No, uh, my PE teacher, whenever we would run the mile, would stand with a stopwatch and just go, good times, as a pastor. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. mine uh, made us get into the bunker for several years and await the apocalypse. Oh, good Lord. As you do. You know, yeah, bags you need, of milk. And... When you need an A. <laughs> when you need an A. No, my PE teacher was pretty cool, actually. Um, so the first practice of Falun Gong centers around moral elevation. So it basically teaches that the existence of virtue or as they call it, it's D-E, I'm guessing day or day, uh, get you through doing good deeds and enduring suffering that that basically counts in your favor and good karma and then you get bad karma by doing wrong deeds. Your ratio of karma to virtue depend determines your fortune and your in this life and the next life. I know that was a very complicated sentence, but so they believe in reincarnation. Yes, okay. As vaguely though, 
Um, they don't have really clearly defined beliefs around it. They just believe that it happens. Well, he talked about, he said, uh, he said, I am not Jesus. I am not um, the prophet. Right. But there have been many Jesuses and many prophets. So right. I think he's saying like we have the same, like not re- straight up reincarnation, but like you can have the same spirit sort of yeah I, in a I, sense i'm pretty sure that that's kind of what he was getting at but this is actually probably the most similar to om shinrikyo's idea that enduring suffering raises your karma and improves your life okay that kind you know how om shinrikyo kind of had that point system of like if you do good things that counts towards you but also enduring suffering counts so if we beat you up you're enduring suffering, so we're actually making you better and us beating you up is a good deed because it's because it's going to enrich your life. <laughs> I forgot wow. about that. Yeah. I only remembered it because I went back and listened to Om Shinrikyo episodes like this past week as I was going back through some stuff for future shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I only remembered it because I beat up so many nerds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the second practice of Falun Gong is actually a set of exercises. <laughs> uh, four of them are standing. One of them is seated. Uh, I'm just going to go through the names because it doesn't do me a ton of good to demonstrate them for you on an audio medium. Here, I'll I'll demonstrate them for us. Okay. Okay. So Buddha stretching a thousand arms. (gasps) All right. Falun standing stance. (laughs) (laughs) I like the standing stance. Yeah, that's... Uh, Penetrating the cosmic extremes. Ooh. <laughs> Nurse. <laughs> uh, the final standing one is the Falun Cosmic Orbit. Ooh. Uh, the seated one is called Reinforcing Supernatural Powers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Much like Om Shinrikyo, they do believe that you can achieve meditation at this stage, like levitation at that stage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they can be done individually or in groups. You can often find groups practicing together in public parks. Those are the ones that we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, probably. Yep. I was wondering, I was like, what is this group? What? Yeah, so now let's get into some more fucked up shit. Oh, cool. no. Lee Hongji, the founder of Falun Gong, believes that homosexuality is incestuous and immoral. He believes that anyone who is not strictly heterosexual is, quote, and these are direct quotes, psychologically dirty and abnormal and will be a quote again eradicated by the god first what, what? yeah have... when doomsday comes the gays are the first to go in his mind i feel like the gays are gonna be the first to go but because god wants to have a kick-ass party for everyone like, i need someone to Hell plan yeah. this and i can't trust the straights um <laughs> i also how is it incestuous that is not that's not how that those words well work. he's got some very complicated beliefs about personhood and souls in general and i think that's kind of where it comes from well, well if we'll you're gay you belong to the gay brotherhood and if you have sex with another gay you're having sex with your brother i think it's more that you are I think it's more that it's quote unquote a crime against your soul and incest is the closest name he has for it, but it's not incest in the way that we would think of it. Yeah. Either way, it's nonsense, but like... I don't know how much I would actually think about incest. I I try not to at all, but Pornhub makes it difficult. Yeah. Oh, um, That's so, so weird. They put venom in the incest category. <laughs> Did they really? 
<laughs> it's so many. Like, even just looking for this, I was just like, how many stepbrother porns are there? No, um, I'm serious. No, they put it in the BBC category. <laughs> Big black creature. <laughs> Uh, here's some more quotes from Lee Hongji on homosexuality direct quote when I talked about homosexuality while giving classes in the west I said these wanton sexual practices in the west have gotten almost as bad as incest someone then brought up that homosexuality is legally protected by the state I told them to be perfectly frank your government may approve of it but your lord does not each time mankind has reached this point, it has, in fact, been in grave danger and out of control. Now it has become what it has. If it goes further, what will it be like next? Now, <laughs> if you've ever talked to somebody who is hardcore anti-gay conservative Christian, this is very similar. This like, well, the Romans were gay and look what happened to them. I'm like, they conquered a bunch of stuff and then collapsed under the economic weight of their own empire. And they're like, no, they were fucking dudes and God punished them. Uh, it's a common belief that homosexuality is what brings people down as opposed to socioeconomic differences and conquerings by other rising nations. Yeah. Just saying. I mean, look at the Greeks. I know. They're fine. Well, no, they were conquered by the Romans. Yeah. Yeah, People they just, just weren't. Well, that's the thing. The Greeks only got conquered because they weren't gay enough. <laughs> if they would have been just a little more gay, it would have been great. I, I mean, my thinking is this: people gonna get conquered no matter what. Yeah. People conquer people because people are, are greedy, and the only way the to conquer it. somebody is consensually. Um. Conquer them. Conquer them in bed no. consensually. I mean, definitely get their consent. Yeah. This is such a weird. Uh, this is a weird hill to die on. Yeah, no, of I was the seven Roman hills you could have died on. Hey. This is a weird one. History. Boom. I think what's weird about it too is like any time anyone brings up the Roman Empire, like ah, because like in, with incels, we found them saying that feminism caused the downfall of the Roman Empire, and then like people just want to bring it up to be like ah, history. But then weirdly enough, all those same people really worship Roman ideals and a lot of the other things that happened yeah. in that empire. Well, and if you know so anything like, about Rome, you know that aliens the, did it. Yeah, totally. Um, but more importantly. Rome fell because it was mismanaged by inbred idiots. Yeah. I'm 100% honest. You had multiple, you know, multiple greedy emperors, some of them who didn't even want to be emperors, who were like, what if I could just marry my horse and light all this shits on fire? <laughs> that's why Rome fell, because that's who was in charge. Well, a horse in a goddamn hospital. Yeah. That's why we should be concerned. Not because of the gays, but because of the horse. I, I think we should know. just ban horses. Uh, I think that's the only way. I don't go. think that's very fair. I mean, Rome wasn't destroyed in a day. It was destroyed in a nay. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing on with his quotes about homosexuality, Li Hongji also said, "Quote: Repulsive homosexual behavior, meanwhile, bespeaks of a filthy, deviant state of mind that lacks rationality." Okay. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, if you look at today's society, you can see that drug use, drug trafficking, drug making, sex changes, homosexuality, sexual freedom, organized crime, etc. 
emerge in an endless stream. Did he just find like a word bank used by Fox News? Yeah, I think he was just like <laughs> drug trap, but drug making sex stuff like he was just like speedily trying to make a list <laughs> he has the fox news uh fridge magnet poem edition oh. <laughs> either that or he's got like uh i think he's, he's just actively my... trying not to use gay slurs because he's like these are during interviews and i think he knows that they won't print oh. them oh Maybe the speculation zone. Because if you just like bust off like this, bleep, 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 they're not going to post it. But if you're like the gay agenda, then they're like, thank you, Alex Jones. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, one last one before we move on to his worst beliefs. Uh, quote, humans are created by gods. A man is given a wife. That was stipulated by gods. People now want to find a partner of the same sex. Gods think that people do that because they no longer have human values. Val- values sorry this uh you are wantonly indulging your thoughts your thoughts like the ones i just mentioned are not actually you that mentality makes you homosexual was driven by postnatally formed bad things but you yourself were numbered by them and went along with them and wallowed in the mud you need to find yourself again and stop doing these filthy things gods view them as filthy no matter whether a government permits it the law of your government is not the law of truth or the universe he basically is like, people aren't born gay. You become gay because you love to indulge your filthy thoughts. And I'm like, I don't know about you, but like, I don't have that many filthy gay thoughts because I'm not gay. If you're indulging your filthy thoughts, I think that means you're married, isn't that? Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm going to indulge this thought by her ring. Hey. <laughs> uh, if you don't think that's bad enough, he also believes that there is a specific heaven for each race. <laughs> what? Each race has their own heaven. Kind of like the racial draft in that Chappelle show sketch back oh in the day. Oh my god. Uh, but that means he also believes that there is no heaven for mixed race people. What? Sorry, Mondo. Sorry. No. <laughs> Sorry, bro. You're not what? welcome at Chen Yun. What counts as mixed race people? Like, Anyone who is mixed race. If there are two different types of white people that mix together? No, because you're still white. What? I guess. I don't know. This That's hilarious. I mean, I don't know why we're debating the merits or like what constitutes what because this. He's is also definitely not that well educated because no. you can you can tell he goes like, and then all the Browns go to Mexican heaven. I mean, I'm that's basically what it was, uh, but I am almost a hundred percent sure that twenty three and me is just blowing his goddamn mind. Where he's just like seventy <laughs> percent. Like I don't know what to do. Yeah, what if you're part Neanderthal? What is that? What happens? You go to Neanderthal heaven. It's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of fire that's been put out. Uh, if fire you, bad. If you're wondering how strongly he feels about this, here's what he said: The mixed bloods are rootless and an aberrant race. They are mongrels derived from the plot of vicious aliens. To extricate themselves from this predicament, they have no other choice but to practice Falun Gong. Duh. What? What? <laughs> You're saying that your religion doesn't even believe that I get to go to heaven. He asserts that through practicing Falun Gong, he is able to, quote, help mixed race people find out the color of their true soul oh to my get God. into their segregated <laughs> heavens. Oh, God. Oh, my God. 
Christ. So oh, no. You have to now decide whether or not you're Mexican or Jewish because you got to choose which heaven to go to. Which heaven do you want to go to, Mondo? I'm Mexican s- heaven or Jew heaven? I'm going to stretch the Mexican out of me. Really? Yeah, yeah. You want to go to Jew heaven for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So different gods created their own different peoples. And in history, those gods have all been taking care of the people that they themselves created. So if you're mixed race, they're like, that ain't mine. And the other one's like, that's not mine either. You take care of it. So he believes in separate gods? Yes. Separate gods for each race and a separate heaven for each each race. He also... uh, Does this... Oh, man. This is probably going to be offensive, and I'm sorry. Is there a... Does he consider, like... Chinese people and Japanese people and like Korean people, they're all, those are all different races, right? Well, let me tell you what he says. Oh, uh, fuck. And I, again, apologize. These are not my words. He racist as hell. So, white people are white people, black people are black people, and people of the yellow race are people of the yellow race. Any ethnicity in the world is a race that corresponds with the heavens. After mixing blood, people no longer have their correspondence to the gods in the heavens, and then it is possible that none of the gods created humans will take care of them. Puerto Ricans are going to blow his mind. (laughs) (laughs) Where do they go, dude? Like, what? None of this makes sense. What about Hawaiians? Like, what? Well, I know. It's... What? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mexicans are fucked, too, because they're just Native Americans that were uh, raped by the Spaniards. I know. So we're an entire culture based off of mixed, mixed race. Racing. Most cultures are mixed race. Yeah. Because that's how genes work. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. After races are mixed up, you will find one's child born to be an infant of mixed blood. However, there is a partition in the middle of this child's life. If it's separated, he will be physically and intellectually incomplete or a person with an incomplete body. Modern science also knows that it's getting worse one generation after another. It would be like this. Of course, if such a person wants to practice cultivation, I can help and I can take care of it. Now, modern science would actually say that diversity is good because it furthers our immunity and makes us stronger the more diverse that we get. Yeah, yeah. genetically speaking, yes. diversity It also is good. makes six foot five Mexicans, which is pretty interesting that to look is, at. I mean, you can't even fit through the door of their no. heaven. <laughs> Honest, <laughs> we were just going to drive this Tercel, but... <laughs> That's the thing that always makes me the angriest anytime someone's like, ah, separate the races. I'm like, you hate science. Like, what are you yeah. doing? The whole reason sex exists is for genetic diversity to happen yes and that's also why people will often be attracted to like when people think about opposites attracting genetically it's you (laughs) being attracted to things you don't have and that your body needs to further stronger like children yes essentially just saying (laughs) so there you go. Yeah, we, Andrea and I high fived because we're polar opposites. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're gonna have strong ass babies. <laughs> Your babies could literally break into whatever heaven they want. They're probably gonna crash through my womb like the Kool Aid Man. It's just gonna kick its way out, be vaping as it walks out of the hospital. I am the bust man. <laughs> I am the gut man. I lived in the gut. Who gave this baby a weed pen? <laughs> how, does, how did this baby get tattoos in the room? Oh my God, I'm going to get those little stick on tattoos. And for when I do the baby pictures, he's going to be all tatted up. It's going to be so cute. 
<laughs> and the people are going to be like, wow, he really does look like his dad. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought it. the baby also got an orange slice to another forearm? <laughs> oh, God. So He's going to be a soccer player. If you thought that was as weird as it gets, you're wrong. Um, oh, my fucking Christ. They also believe in something called the law wheel. It's an entire... <laughs> It's it's the hottest new game on NBC. Uh, it's actually a golden wheel with like eight swastikas on. What? <laughs> okay, now, then Fox it, News. Fine. Law wheel. Now here's the thing. It is technically the like Eastern religion swastika where it's going the opposite direction. Oh, okay. All but right. given what he feels about race, heavens, it might as well be the regular swastika. But if you're spinning the wheel, who can tell? This is true. So. The law wheel is... It just looks like a square until it stops. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh, no. I thought I was going to win a new car, but this is horrific. Oh, my God. Uh, so the law wheel is an intelligent being consisting of high energy matter, and it does not exist in our dimension. Oh, okay. It's golden yellow, or, quote, a close approximation, because color doesn't exist in our dimension. What? But it exists when we have to go to heaven? That, well, yeah. Whatever the color specifically of the law wheel is, it doesn't exist in our dimension. Well, what I'm saying is, is like, if it doesn't exist... So when we leave our dimension, how can you tell I'm brown, or white, or black? Or... He knows. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> he can smell it. He's like the Santa Claus of racism. Right. <laughs> he knows when you're Mexican. <laughs> He knows when you are white. So be white for whiteness sake. He knows if you are black or yellow, even if this isn't right. So, uh, you better start praying to Falun Gong. He's taking you to heaven and you don't want to be wrong. Falun Gong is separating the races. <laughs> It's been a very singy day. Oh, we had we had Footloose. We, we had, had so every, many great hits. We should just do a mixtape of this, oh this my God. episode. So, uh, the law wheel uh, is put into your lower abdomen through the practice of Falun Gong, but not in this dimension. This sounds like torture. Well, so... They said, quote, with the intestines that are inside of your lower abdomen, what would happen if it started to spin if it were in this dimension? That'd be crazy. That's maybe that's maybe a topic you want to avoid when your people are literally getting their organs ripped out of their bodies. True. Uh, In fact, one retired oil worker spent much of his time in a trance studying Falun Gong. He insisted that he had a law wheel in his stomach. And he tried to cut it open <gasps> with scissors to take a look at it. Oh, no. Apparently, he didn't catch the part about it being in another dimension. Uh, he did not live. No. Oh, God. All those organs wasted. Yeah. What goes up must come down. Spinning wheel of law. Spinning around. Okay, just me. That's fine. No, it's fun that we've made this one a musical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, especially because so- later we can do a bonus episode where we dance to all the hits. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get my ribbons. If you thought it couldn't get weirder, aliens. What? <laughs> so- no. Yes. Shen Yun, you shouldn't have. <laughs> Shen Yun, no. <laughs> Uh, so, in an interview with Time Magazine, Lee 
shared that, quote, since the beginning of the century, aliens have begun to invade the human mind and its ideology and culture. When he asked, was asked where the aliens come from, he said, quote, aliens come from other planets. Some are from dimensions that human beings have not yet discovered. The key is how they have corrupted mankind. <sighs> he, he attributes our rapid development of technology to aliens and equates technology with a lack of morality. Um, he also believes that their ultimate purpose is to control and create, like, replace humans through cloning. So he thinks that aliens are trying to clone empty shells of humans and then, like, live in their bodies. Like, body snatcher style. Shen, no. Okay. <laughs> when such people grow up, they will replace humans with aliens and they will produce more and more clones. They will no longer be humans reproduced by humans. They will act like humans, but they will introduce legislation to stop human reproduction. Oh, God, that's the ultimate race mixing. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, the human body is the most perfect in the universe. It is the most perfect form. Aliens want the human body. <laughs> what? No, they don't. Now, I mean, it explains the probing. But if human bodies are perfect, mm -hmm. why the fuck can't I breathe? <laughs> Just, like, yeah, so many point. questions. Aliens, if you want human parts, come to the gut man. <laughs> I'm slashing prices and people. Oh. <laughs> Uh, he, he went on to say that aliens, quote, mix up different human races and keep them away from gods. So he thinks aliens are to blame for race mixing. What the fuck, I thought, man? I yeah. thought dances were to blame for mixing. Because well, that's why they call them mixers. Okay. Okay, I'm out of here. Okay. He the went only on... mixer I wanted is an alcoholic beverage to get away from that <laughs> joke. He also <laughs> listed, quote, ten kinds of evils... He lists the half-breed, gays, lesbians, computer users, tradition <laughs> disruptors, computer users. democracy adherents, as well as, quote, science worshippers, etc. He hit what? everyone men, in this table. Men with hair buns. Uh, <laughs> People on bird scooters. <laughs> that I was mean, a very Los Angeles joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. You put computer users in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah uh, in, an, in an article that appeared online. <laughs> Dudes who, dudes who care for their lawns way too much. Um, Wait, I thought you said that they had their own website. They do. What? What? Yeah, the law wheel said it was okay. Uh, which brings us to 2006, where they decided that they needed a way to get the word out about Falun Gong and what they had essentially lived through at the hands of the Chinese government. And they decided that the best way to do this was through dance. Mm. <laughs> As someone who went to art school and has been to many an interpretive dance <laughs> art installation. Yes. Uh, I'd rather not. <laughs> so essentially there, they started a, there's a performing arts school. So uh, they they all travel to the school to learn the Shen Yun dance moves. It's actually part of a 426-acre retreat that was built for Falun Gong practitioners. So people go and, like, live at the retreat and study the dances. But the dancers are just, like, basic ballet moves that they've given different names. So it's like cheer camp. It's 100% like cheer camp. How, how are they, prior to this, how were they making money? 
Um, they would publish a lot of papers and books on Falun Gong and the persecution of the Chinese government. Okay. And during the Free Tibet movement, it was huge where people were like buying it like crazy. So they've made a lot on like literature, okay. but by and large, their largest money maker is Shen Yun. Okay. Hardcore. So Shen Yun was kind of set out to be like a like a what? Like a recruitment tool, but then it turned into just like a hugely profitable show for them? It was set out to be both. Oh, so he he succeeded. Yeah, he succeeded. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So, uh, they'll rename something like a grand jeté is now like the leaping lotus or whatever. And so to someone who's never seen a ballet before, they're like, what? It's, you know, kind of ridiculous. They'll also hire dancers that are not Falun Gong. But if you decide to join, you join for a whole season. You don't get paid. You're a volunteer, but they cover all of your living expenses. Huh. So it's kind of similar to like, you know how comedians will go do a cruise ship gig? Yeah. Where it's like the pay's not great, but you don't have to pay rent or pay for food or anything for six weeks. Yeah. You know, so it kind of balances out. It's kind of like that. Um, but basically all the all the dancers have the understanding that they are performing as part of a political act. Um, they also, if you're wondering how they get so many billboards and everything up... It's because the local Falun Dafa associations are sponsors of the show. So they have like local outposts of Falun Gong and they're responsible for raising money and promoting the show. And if they don't successfully promote the show, they are considered to have done a bad job. And there is shame and not punishment, but dislike Mm -hmm. if they don't make it successful. Yeah, it's very honor based. Yes. Yeah, so... Social structure. So, there's a show in New York. Mm -hmm. There's a show in Los Angeles. There's a touring show. There's five touring companies of 40 dancers each. Okay. Oh, so they just go to... Everywhere. They tour the entire world. Uh The only place they don't go is China. China. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But the Chinese government, through their consulates, will often reach out to venues that are hosting Shen Yun. And try to get them to cancel the show. So sometimes they'll go to like Korea or somewhere that's closer to China and their shows will just be canceled. Spur of the moment. Gotcha. Um, they also have had a bit of a problem because they definitely make money on the shows, but they're not really getting the outreach portion that they were looking for because about 90% of the people that go to the shows are Chinese. <laughs> okay. Already. <laughs> Yeah. Or they're already Falun Gong people. Like, they'll get the occasional one of us that's just like, what is this? But often the greater meaning of the performances are lost on their non-Chinese audience members, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to reach non-Chinese people, right? They're, well, they're just trying to reach any people. They're trying to recruit as many people as they can. Okay. But they're kind of, in a lot of ways, preaching to the choir. I mean, they are... From- they are making a shit ton They're of money. They're making a shit ton of money. Even so if in it's that from regard, their own followers, but still, I mean. Yeah, you know. Um, they, nothing, no ticket is below 80 bucks, essentially. So, wow. the, yeah, there's just no way around it. That's crazy. And they say that at least 1 million people have seen it over the past three years. Wow. Yeah. Possibly more. So it also, they have their own, like I said, their own like news outreach. One's called the Epic Times. 
epic, um, dude. E P O C H, like epic, like a time oh, an period. Epoch. Okay, yeah. Um, it's a newspaper that bills itself as quote breaking news, independent China news. It was founded in New York in 2000, um, and it's cur- currently published online in 21 languages and in weekly print editions in nine languages. Uh, the paper wow. employees say that they're not owned by Falun Gong, but they are. Um, they also have noted that Falun Gong uses the newspaper as part of a public relations campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically operates as their mouthpiece, but they're also pro-Trump. Yeah. What? I mean, yeah, like hardcore. This is something that we, uh, that we like, touched a little bit upon in uh, the Moonies episode where Sun Myung Moon started his own newspaper. Right. And then that became like a staunchly conservative and at some point white supremacist <clears throat> newspaper yeah but i mean i've i've heard of the epoch times i've heard that it's pretty epic epic. another thing too is a lot of times in the shen yun show there will be like stories or act outs that directly relate to their experience with china but because they are literally told not to advertise that falun gong is behind shen yun Mm mm-hmm a lot of that is lost on the audience unless they're already aware, you know? So a lot of, like, there's one where there's, like, a classroom of students and they all have Falun Gong books and then communists, like, people literally with, like, the hammer and sickle of the Russians come in and start beating up the students. They run away and then they convert one of the soldiers. And that was, like, part of one of the shows. And like for the people that were like really into it and knew what Falun Gong was about, they were just like, yay. But for the people who didn't know, they were just like, wait, there's Russians in this. What? Yeah. Wolverines. Like what's happening (laughs) to illustrate a little bit more of that confusion. uh, I found a series of Yelp reviews from their performances in Seattle in 2016. Oh, do tell. So the first one, uh, it's by, uh, somebody who just goes by LF and they have a faceless profile. So there's no face on it. Gotcha. Um, I suspect this is probably a member of the Chinese consulate speculation zone. Mm-hmm. So, cause they have no friends and no other reviews except this one. So it says, quote, I feel completely tricked. I thought I was buying tickets to a cultural Chinese version of Cirque du Soleil. Instead, it was a propaganda rich recruiting technique for a cult called Falun Gong with banners held up that say Falun Gong is good. Songs about the error of evolution. It involved <sighs> ludicrous claims and a lot of waving of scarves. The numbers all look similar with the expected performances, such as the images used in advertising, never materialized. We left we almost left at intermission, but wondered what we might miss. The best part of the night was walking down Mercer with fellow attendees who were making up songs and singing in mockery and teasing about feng shui. The master's ceremonies, particularly, there's one uh, master ceremonies, his name is Oliver Parade. They have like MCs that kind of guide you through what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, was stiff and odd. And I wish I could get the night back and use it some other way. <laughs> I was really excited because at one point during the description, they said that it was uh, ludicrous. And I was like, Luda Luda was there? (laughs) So. And you want to dance and you want to (laughs) dance. So I think that might be somebody. But this one, I have one by a guy named John B. Who's just a random ass white dude. Yeah. This one I think is legitimate. 
Shen Yoon, don't bother going. If you have tickets of this for the Seattle production, my recommendation is to resell them. Every production is sold out, so you'll definitely be able to sell your tickets. They do incredible marketing. The brochures read beautifully, and the expectation was for incredible dancing, amazing amusement, and a bit of uh, amazing music and a bit of acrobatics. But what we got was lovely dancing that after the first 30 minutes began to repeat just with different costumes. Some costumes were with long sleeves that went out to be ribbons. Others had sleeves that were squares. Others came out with fans, etc., etc. Then there were these operatic singers that came out three times to spread propaganda with subtitles interpreting their message. We love the arts. We love live theater, live dance and music. That's what drew us in. But don't take the bait. This production is billed as a as a glance into 5,000 years of Chinese culture, but it's really a platform for whatever this group is to proselytize their beliefs and to be paid top dollar for doing so. I could go on for days, but trust me, it's not worth spending the money on this production. Enjoy a wonderful evening out at a true theater or a wonderful concert. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently it's a lot of the same shit. Uh, but Whitney B had something else to say. Oh, Whitney B got in on this? <laughs> Whitney B said, quote, I went to a show called Big Long Dong, and it also <laughs> wasn't what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this the magic mic of Shen Yun? <laughs> well, somebody replied to answer her query. Ivan M says, um, Whitney, I called that ironically, and I gave you your money back anyways. <laughs> To which Herman E. replied, I guess the star of that show, Miles Long, didn't come as advertised. Oh, (laughs) shit, So then Whitney B. felt the need to clarify. Okay. (laughs) And mind you, it's like two legitimate reviews of Shen Yun and then all of this, just one after the other. Whitney B. says, not at all as advertised, and they only served cock zero. Thanks for nothing, Ivan. I should start my separate thread about bad business practices. (laughs) Ivan replied, Cock zero. Whatever, Whitney. You love me. For the record, Diet Cock did sell out quickly. (laughs) (laughs) My fucking Christ. And then Tom, Tom B felt the need to weigh back in. Have a cock and a smile. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my. Darren D felt the need to comment also. (laughs) Now that's a combo. (laughs) This is fantastic. This is the I only should... Yelp thread I could find on Shen Yun. I should read more Yelp reviews. Dude, I love <laughs> reading Yelp reviews. It's my favorite. But yeah, so apparently Whitney says not only is Shen Yun disappointing, but Big Long Dong is also a bit of a misnomer. <laughs> <laughs> so that is Shen Yun. Wow. wow. Shen Yun, Shen Yun, kick off your ribbon shoes. <laughs> Put on... Square ones. They look <laughs> Swing the fucking them until same. you're done. <laughs> so, oh my yeah. god. Yeah, I, I know this was a lot, and this is probably an extremely long episode. But since everyone in the group had been talking about it so much, and yeah. the memes are amazing, yeah, we had to dive into instead it. of going to go see Shen Yun, just put on fancy clothes. Uh, get out a couple of cock zeros, uh, <laughs> sit down with your loved ones, and then listen to this episode. It's <laughs> Go got to, everything. It's got music. Go to the music. Big Long Dong Show if, yeah. that's your, if that's your thing. Hey, can I ask you guys a question? Mm-hmm. Or the Furry Lotus Show if that's your thing. Do you guys like, uh, do you guys like butts or boobs more? Neither. I'm, I'm straight. Oh. You guys don't have a preference? I like both. Yeah. 
If I had to guess, I, I'd say I am the butt man. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was the gut man, but now he's a butt man. Like, I have to go? Excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought it was only fair that while covering this cult, I make a joke that was a bit of a stretch. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you really leaned in hard to this one. (laughs) (laughs) In summary, though, they were definitely persecuted in China, and it's horrible. But that doesn't make it okay to say that gay people are committing incest, that there's different heavens for every races, and mixed race people are mongrels, and it's all because of aliens. So what you're saying is it's not okay to persecute. It's not okay to persecute somebody just because you were persecuted yourself. It's not okay to persecute anybody. Let's not persecute people. There you go. That's a great way to live your life. Cap it. There you go. Well, sorry about that. You know what you should see instead of Shen Yun? Hmm. Our beautiful national parks. Oh! <laughs> oh, look at you. You're doing it too. Yay! There we Say, go. Wait. Pay the $20 to our, well, $80 to the park. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give $80 to the park. Or, I mean, you know what? Do Fucking... you know how many dildos you could buy with $80? I don't. Is it like one, two? How many? It's, how much? It depends on what it quality, depends on of, the dildo quality you of the want. dildo. What are the most expensive dildo? I'm gonna look it up right oh, now. Oh, it's gold and it's very expensive. <laughs> I oh man, is that? I feel like that's bad for you. It's gold. Yeah, well, gold is an uh, an unreactive metal. That's why sometimes a lot of people their skin will react to non-pure gold, mm-hmm. yeah. like different carrots. But it's well, if you get a cheap gold dildo, it'll make your pussy green. <laughs> oh god <laughs> I was just about to say cheap metals turn my finger green and that's why my wedding ring doesn't because Cassie actually put very nice gold into it but you're right I wouldn't want a green pussy either oh my god a solid gold vibrator to a million dollar dildo yeah what the fuck you know who could afford that Lee Hongji <laughs> oh my god what if that's what the gold wheel was? <laughs> it's just the golden dawn. <laughs> the swastikas are where it vibrates. Oh, God. Is, I can feel it in my intestines. Oh, no. This is terrifying. All right. Well, I don't... Just donate your money. <laughs> donate your money to the national parks. Or if you want to get something out of it, uh, you know, quid pro quo, uh, then you should go to Open Skies Trading Company. Open Skies Trading Company is a great place that makes great stuff. They have shirts, posters, stickers, a whole bunch of different types of gear that you can look at that's inspired by both Americana style and our beautiful national parks. And a cool thing that they do is every time you make a purchase, they will donate $1 to the National Parks Foundation, which works to keep our parks absolutely just ribbon beautiful. You know, just like twirling around and looking all nice and... Uh, and they don't care what your race mix is. No. I mean, honestly, I don't even think they'd care if you showed up to the National Park and started a big stretch group or whatever the <laughs> and fuck. And they probably won't steal your organs. Oh, probably, probably not. Unless if there are bears there, they like organs. Anyways. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. I don't think gay guys like organs. I don't know ah. I Most of the bears I know are vegetarians. I don't know. They Will like you? to be all up in your guts, though. Oh, I hey. am the slut man. Hey. Uh, I, uh, if, if you want to if you want to look at Open Skies Trading stuff, you can go to OpenSkiesTrading.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Open Skies Trading Co. That's Open Skies Trading Co. Yeah. You can also find me online. Uh, I'm starting my own Shen Yun ripoff show. <laughs> it's called Where it's Shen. just you with towels from the shower. Yeah, it's like, called yeah. Shen Me, and it's me going. Sword fighting with pool noodles. Just like, yeah. This one's called the Cosmic Penetration or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 would watch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this at the live ship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I want to see Armando start making dance exercise videos, making fun of oh Shen Yun. She just wants to see me exercise so I can live longer. <laughs> this Jokes is on also you, accurate. I'm going to Mexican heaven now. <laughs> if you want to keep up with my hashtag uh, fitness journey, <laughs> it's not happening. But if you want to keep up with me, you can find me on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff. Uh, and if you would like to send me all of your life wheels or your theories about which race heaven I belong in, <laughs> you can do that at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. If you want to send me your organs or even just uh, small organs that you've sculpted, knitted, crocheted, Ooh. you can send them to me at Sundress Comic uh, or just hit me up. We can discuss ways to make organ donation profitable. There you go. There you go. If you need a kidney, <laughs> <laughs> visit the Gutman at Gutman on Instagram <laughs> or Gutman on organharvesting.net. If you uh, if you want to follow our show, which I understand if you don't anymore, uh, if you want to follow our show, you can do so on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Uh, if you want to go see Big Long Dong, you should hit up Whitney B in Seattle. <laughs> but you could also follow us at Cult Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email with your Shen Yoon stories. I guess I don't know. If man. you saw Shen Yoon, please tell us about it. If you transcribe your Shen Yoon experience, we will read it. Someone sneak a camera in there. Yeah. I will read it as the gut man if you fucking want me to. I don't give a shit. I'll read it as Charles Manson just for fun. <laughs> yeah. Please email that and anything else you want to to our email, which is cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. You can also find our email and physical address as well as a, a bunch of information on our website, which is cultpodcastshow.com. Or if you want to send us something in the mail, perhaps Shen Yun flyers, Ooh. ribbon dancing kits. Yes. Oh my god, I used to have a ribbon baton. It was so fun. <sighs> I, I have done course it. It's you did. so fun. <laughs> You know what the um, fucked up part, though, is that it was a ribbon shock baton. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful on. and a war crime. Oh, jeez. Uh, if you want to send us uh, cattle prods with ribbons attached to them, you can send them to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like, like the, the Shining. Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. 
if you are in the Northern California area, specifically in San Francisco, I will be performing this week, as this comes out on the 25th, I will be in uh, San Francisco on Saturday the 2nd. Fuck, I hope that's right. Is that right, guys? Mm. Yes. Saturday the 2nd? Yeah. This comes out on the 25th. I will be performing in San Francisco on Saturday the 2nd. I am doing a show at 8 p.m. at a place called Spark, S-P-A-R-C, where I'll be doing the Gateway Show, where I'm going to do comedy, get real high, and then do comedy again. And then right after that at 10 p.m., I'm going to be at The Setup. It's going to be real fun. I don't know how it's going to go. I want to see you, and I want to smoke that weed with you. Smoke weed every day. No, specifically just on Saturday the second. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, keep leaving those five-star reviews. We're reading them at the top of the episode, and uh, we love you guys. We love you so much. Thank you for listening. And I would say, don't drink the cock zero. <laughs> but also, unless they have diet cock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but also, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye! Bye. I am the Dunn Man. <laughs> no. <laughs>